Section five of the Seen and the Unseen by Richard Marsh. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sonia. Three, a pack of cards. Part one. You see these? They belong to Francis Farmer. Colonel Farmer, he called himself. The Colonel, he was known as among his pals. Did you ever hear of him? I could not say that I ever had. He was a cart himself, the Colonel was. An American. He had had something to do with the army once upon a time, I fancy. But he had had more to do with the police. He was one of the greatest swindlers of modern times. An artist, the Colonel was. And these are some of the implements of his profession? I was paying a visit to the Rogues Museum at Scotland Yard, that queer establishment in which they preserve mementos of criminals who, at various periods, have in some way or other had dealings with the police. The constable who was acting as my cicerone was holding in his hand a pack of cards. I took them into mine. They were a pack of what are commonly called squeezers. They had rounded corners, and in the corner of each card was a statement of its value. Such a pack, indeed, as is generally used by properly constituted persons for the game of poker. There was nothing about the cards in any way remarkable, so far as I could see, except that on their backs was painted a large, bluish-red rose, as it seemed to me, by hand. But according to the constable, they had a history. The colonel won thousands with those cards. By the exercise of his skill? It's as you choose to call it. They're hand-painted. I thought they were. And excellently painted, too. If you look at them closely, you'll see that the rose is not placed in exactly the same position on the back of each of them. There's just a shade of difference. I did look at them closely. It was as the constable said, but it needed good eyes to observe the fact. The difference in position was so slight. He used to travel up and down the line to Brighton. That's odd. I'm going down to Brighton myself by the 2.30 this afternoon. I live there. Ah, he was well known upon that road. They used to think he was a big pot in the city who liked his hand at cards. City gentlemen often have a game as they come up to town. It's a regular thing. It was a well-known pack, the colonel's. He won his fare, and a bit over, many a time. And where is this enterprising person now? He's dead, that's where he is. Francis Farmer was sentenced for the term of his natural life for attempted murder. Perhaps you remember the case. It was on the Brighton line. They spotted him at last. He was a little too fond of winning, the colonel was. He drew a revolver and put a bullet into the man who spotted him. For that he was sent to Portland. He tried to escape, and when they nabbed him, he committed suicide in his cell. Then there is quite a curious interest connected with this pack of cards. You may say so. There are some very queer tales told about them. Very queer. They say they're haunted. I don't know much about that sort of thing myself, but some of our chaps do say that wherever those cards are the colonel isn't very far away i smiled the constable seemed a little huffed 
i only know that i shouldn't care to carry them about with me myself as we were going out a gentleman entered the constable seemed to know him for he allowed him to pass without challenge i went to simpson's to lunch i was thinking as i ate about what i had seen memorials of hideous murders a unique collection of burglar's tools coiners moulds forger's presses ingenious implements for every sort of swindling a perfect arsenal of crime i am free to confess that that pack of cards was present to my mind what a relic for a man to possess a haunted pack of swindler's cards i ought to have looked at them more closely perhaps some of the victim's blood was on the back of one of them de gustibus non disputandum some man would give a good round sum for such a curio after luncheon i strolled along the embankment to victoria i caught the two-thirty to brighton as i was standing at the door of the carriage two other persons entered in front of me brushing past me as they went when i had taken my seat a third person entered just as the train was starting i was seated with my back to the engine at the end which was farthest from the platform the newcomer sat facing the engine at the other end of the carriage he was a tall slight military-looking individual with a slight moustache and as i could see under the brim of his top hat crisp curly black hair the two persons who had entered previously were seated in front of me at my end of the carriage i had some papers with me but felt disinclined to read i had had a heavy lunch and the result was to make me drowsy i fancied that i was all but dropping off when someone spoke to me haven't we met before i glanced up the man speaking was the man in front of me who sat nearest to the door when i eyed him closely i remembered him he had sat next to me at a dinner which had been given a few days previously to lord labington whose political exertions as everyone is aware who is of the right way of thinking have saved the country an amusing neighbour i had found him he had struck me as a fellow of lively wit and of infinite jest i was glad to meet him again i told him so awfully slow this kind of thing i suppose he meant going down by rail to brighton he did this train is a dreadful slow coach takes no end of a time it's a pity i said thinking of the colonel's exploits upon that very line that we haven't such a thing as a pack of cards while i was speaking i thrust my right hand into the pocket of the light summer overcoat which i was wearing it lighted upon something whose presence in my pocket i had not been conscious of before there were several articles in fact supposing that i had put some things there and forgotten all about them i drew one of them out to see what it could be it was a playing card i drew more of them out there were more playing cards there was an entire pack and could i be dreaming it was the pack of cards which had belonged to colonel francis farmer it was entirely out of the question to suppose that i was mistaken i had seen them too recently observed them too attentively and bore them too well in mind for that they were altogether unmistakable with the hand-painted red roses on their backs but how came they in my pocket to describe my feelings when i realized that they really were that haunted pack 
is altogether beyond my power i remembered returning them to a constable i remembered his replacing them in a glass case i remembered his turning the key in the lock and yet i suppose that there was something in the expression of my countenance which to an onlooker was comical for i was all at once conscious of the sound of laughter hello exclaimed my opposite neighbour why you do appear to have a peg of cards i i do appear to have a peg of cards but but how i have them is more than i can say you didn't steal them i suppose not not consciously my opposite neighbour and his friend began to laugh again the man at the other end of the carriage sat quietly cold how i knew i cannot say but i did know that his eyes were fixed upon me all the time never mind how you got them you have got them that is the point supposing we have a hand at nap what do you say armitage he turned to his friend then to me i don't know if you're aware of it i don't think we got so far as exchanging cards the other night but my name's burchell and my name's rankin very well mr rankin supposing after this general naming of names we set to work hand me over the cards he stretched out his hand i hesitated before i gave him these to put it gently they were not mine and should i tell him their history or should i not he did not give me time for reflection come along are you afraid i'm going to steal them he took them out of my grasp i was so bewildered by the discovery of their presence that i had really not recovered sufficient presence of mind to say him either yea or nay what points suppose we say pounds pounds i started pound points at nap not if i knew it pennies were more in my line i was pleased to observe that his friend mr armitage did not second his suggestion don't you think pound points are a trifle stiff well make it half sovereigns then and a pound in the pool i don't mind half sovereigns but i did most emphatically why with a pound in the pool i might lose fifty pounds and more before i reached the other end i have played penny nap and risen poorer by half a sovereign i had been up to draw my dividends i wondered what mrs rankin would say if i returned to her minus fifty pounds i i'm no player i i couldn't think of playing for half sovereigns make it dollars then we must have something on the game something on the game if we had five shilling points we should have a good deal more than i cared to have upon the game but without waiting for my refusal mr burchell commenced to deal the cards the colonel's cards i never had such luck before it really was surprising from the very first i won not spasmodically but persistently hand after hand with a regularity which in its way was quite phenomenal it's a pity said mr burchell when i had made nap for the third time within a quarter of an hour that we didn't make it pounds i don't think anything could stand against your cards i have had some decent hands i agreed it's rather odd too because generally i do no good at nap no i should imagine by the way in which you're going it that you're like that third player in punch 
who held thirteen trumps at whist i laughed curiously enough my luck continued it was quite a record in its way i never lost i always had three trumps do you know observed mr armitage when i again took nap that i am nearly thirty sovereigns to the bed i think it's quite as well we didn't make it pounds i'm about that much nearer the workhouse since i left victoria chimed in his friend i was amazed you don't mean that i've won sixty pounds it looks uncommonly like it it was incredible and yet my luck continued i went three tricks that round and made them then another three then four and then another nap reckon that up and you'll find that with the points and the dealer's ten shilling contribution to the pool i had made thirteen pounds in considerably less than half that number of minutes you will excuse my asking you said mr burchell as he was settling for the nap if that pack of cards is bewitched i think it possible i answered half in jest and half in earnest there is a curious history attached to them at any rate there will be another curious history attached to them if this goes on much longer it did go on in the very next hand i signalled four and made them my antagonists began to look blank no wonder we ought to send this to the field it ought to have a niche among curious games said mr armitage mr burchell shuffled mr armitage cut and i dealt the hand burchell went three armitage four and i went nap i had ace king queen and four of clubs and king of diamonds not a bad nap hand when three are playing what nap again cried burchell great scott never mind said mr armitage i am prepared for anything i was about to lead the ace of clubs when the stranger who was seated at the other end of the carriage left his end and advanced towards ours excuse me gentlemen he addressed himself to my antagonists you are being robbed this gentleman is too clever a player for you i should say that he was a professional swindler what the dickens do you mean asked mr armitage and who are you i'm an old traveller i've seen this kind of thing before but i've never seen quite such beautiful simplicity as yours i do believe you'd let him get napoleon in continuous succession right from here to brighton and still think it all serene just a little accident worth sending to the field there was silence armitage and burchell both looked at me i felt that suspicion was in their glances as for myself i was so startled by the enormity of the charge that i momentarily was stricken dumb i could not realize that the fellow was actually accusing me of theft do you do you mean to suggest i gasped when i had sufficient breath to gasp that i i've been cheating that is what i do mean you have hit it on the head it is inconvenient for you no doubt but i'm going to make it more inconvenient still i'm going to prove it before the sittings ended 
you you infernal scoundrel i sprang up as if to strike the fellow to the ground but he remained entirely unmoved his calmness or assurance rather reacted on me and i refrained suppose we leave the adjectives till a little later on then it is just possible that each man will have a few of his own to scatter around he turned to my antagonists it's funny gentlemen very but directly i saw those cards i thought i'd seen that pack before i have a good eye for a card the more i saw of them the more i felt that we had met before and now i'll swear we have a pack of cards very like that pack once belonged to a very famous personage more famous perhaps than worthy his name was francis farmer my surprise at hearing this name from the stranger's lips must have betrayed itself in my countenance he immediately turned to me i fancy that is a name which this gentleman has heard before is that not so i i have heard it before i stammered i thought you had yes gentlemen there is the own brother to this pack of cards at this moment in the museum at scotland yard perhaps this gentleman's knowledge of the profession which he adorns so well will enable him to corroborate that fact this this is the pack do tell that's candid now what the colonel's own it's beautiful for gentlemen francis farmer was a swindler a card sharper a thief he had all the talents permit me sir to exploit his favorite pack of cards the stranger took the cards which mr armitage was holding in his hand if you observe the beautiful rose which adorns their rears you will observe that there is a slight variation in its position on the back of every card i don't deny it for a moment i regained my presence of mind when i perceived that the fellow was not a mere impudent vagabond who wished to make himself objectionable but that in appearance he really had something on which to base his assumptions that is very good of you more especially as we have eyes of our own which would enable us to perceive it for ourselves even if you didn't if you will allow me i will explain how i became possessed of this pack of cards which i believe really were the property of the infamous individual of whom this gentleman speaks you will remember that i was surprised when i found them in my pocket i addressed myself to armitage i remember that you appeared to be i did not like his tone at all i not only appeared to be i was but before i explain i suppose mr burchell that you do not require an explanation the place in which i met you is sufficient proof of the absurdity of what this person alleges how so i sat next to you at a public dinner any one could go who chose to buy a ticket 
it does not require a great effort of the imagination to suppose it possible that one might light upon a doubtful character at such a function i liked mr birchell's tone even less than his friend's you scarcely state the case correctly it was not by any means open to any one to buy a ticket however i will pass on to my explanation we are waiting murmured the stranger i was this morning at scotland yard and they let you out again i always said the english police were fools where i saw this pack of cards and pinched it under the constable's nose the man's a genius no sir i did not as you phrase it pinch it under the constable's nose did he give it you no sir he didn't give it me did he sell it you he did not how then does it come here the stranger thrusting his hands into his pockets tilted his head over his eyes that unfortunately is exactly what i am myself unable to understand hark at that and that is what you call your explanation well sir you are the most promising disciple of the late francis farmers i have had the pleasure of meeting you have what made him the man he was his impudence i pay no attention at this moment to this person's insinuations after what has passed i insist on returning the monies i have won that would be advisable it will save us trouble afterwards please to understand that i shall remain with you in this carriage until we reach brighton i shall then require you to accompany me to my residence there i shall place before you ample proof that this person is an impudent traducer and a bare-faced liar softly at that let us wait for the adjective still a little longer there are one or two little points which you have forgotten in the excellent and copious explanation with which you have seen fit to favour us perhaps you will allow me to glance at the cards which you are holding in your hand i gave him them here we have the ace king queen four of clubs and king of diamonds a nice little hand perhaps you will be so kind as to tell me how many cards there are in the remainder of that pack mr armitage being thus appealed to took up the pack of cards which was lying on the seat at my side and having added his own hand and mr burchell's proceeded to count them he announced the result there are forty-two cards here and five i hold make forty-seven it is perhaps my ignorance but i have always supposed that fifty-two constitute a pack of cards perhaps you will be able to tell us what has become of the other five the inquiry was addressed to me how should i know you have not got them by the merest chance in either of your pockets 
if you are not careful you will go too far that would be a pity i should think that for you i've gone far enough already perhaps it would not be too much trouble to feel say in the left-hand pocket of that elegant summer overcoat which you have on you impudent i stopped short thrusting my hand into my left pocket to my unutterable amazement it lighted upon what unmistakably were cards i drew them out the stranger snatched them from me he held them up in the air hey presto the missing five i thought there might have been an accident now let us see what cards they are ace king queen and four of hearts the ace of clubs another pretty little hand perhaps gentlemen you commence to see how it is done i think i do said mr armitage i am sure i do said mr burchell if if you think that i put those cards in my pocket i began to stammer mr burchell interrupted me pray do not trouble to offer any wholly unnecessary explanations perhaps you will be so good as to return the money which you have won he laid a wholly unmistakable accent upon won it is i who insist on that sir not you pray do not let us quarrel as to phrases said mr burchell with a smile a smile for which i could have strangled him i counted out the monies just as i had completed the act of restitution restitution to think that an honest man should have had to endure such humiliation the train drew up at red hill junction it was scarcely more than three quarters of an hour since we left victoria mr burchell rose i wish you good day mr rankin a wish in which i join and mr armitage rose too you are not going i cried oh, but indeed we are then i say that you shall do nothing of the kind do you think that i am going to allow you to place on me such a stigma without offering me an opportunity to prove my innocence if you dare to touch me mr rankin in my excitement i had grasped mr burchell by the arm i shall summon an officer as i am unwilling to appear as your accuser in a police court if you take my advice you will let me go end of section five